0: Welcome to the third season of Between the Lines, the podcast that brings you interviews with some lesser known Canadian authors and writers. In this season, we will be exploring some of the works of these unknown but talented poets from various locations across this great country. From the breathtaking landscapes of the far north to the bustling downtown city streets, these writers have captured the essence of Canada in their words. In each episode, we will delve into the lives and careers of these fascinating individuals, learning about their inspirations, challenges, and their triumphs. So join us as we discover the hidden gems of Canadian literature and uncover the stories Between the Lines. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of Between the Lines. On today's show, I will be speaking with a poet, in my hometown of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, Vimal Kodai. Hello, Vimal, and welcome to Between the Lines.
1: Hello, Randy. It's a pleasure for me to be here today. I'm grateful to uh, Randy for this opportunity on uh, Between the Lines and uh, look forward to it. Thanks.
0: Well, I look forward to it, too. I always like to uh, meet people from around our great country who have... uh, a talent for doing what I love to do, and that's writing. So uh, I look forward to this opportunity as well. So thank you. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the interview, uh, I wonder if you'd mind giving our listeners a brief um, rundown on who Vimal is and what he's about.
1: Um, I'm originally from Mauritius, uh, Lille Maurice, and uh, I grew up there. Uh, then I came uh, to Canada when I was a teenager. I did my studies late, I went into languages i did french as a as my bachelor french studies and um afterwards uh there was not much scope in uh, in the french uh field back then So I went to teaching which uh suited me very well with time I felt that i was um uh, uh always writing a lot i was writing emails and uh even um Messages, um, simple messages nowadays. There's WhatsApp, uh, even on Skype. It was always detailed, long. Not I couldn't write like just one line. could always write, was always writing more than one lines. With time, I I write, I wrote a short story many years ago. It was seven, not published, but uh, eventually I felt more adapted to this uh, writing world, which I. Feel current, current, currently connected to with this book of poetry, which I which was released recently. Are you still teaching? Yes, I'm still teaching, uh, Randy. Still teaching. Yeah. High school yeah. level, college level. I I do primary and middle school. I owe
0: uh, I owe my love of poetry to my grade five English teacher. So that's yeah. where that's where I was first introduced to poetry, and then later in high school, I was introduced to writing poetry. That's where my interests first were developed. So. I have a a fond uh, memory of those teachers who inspired me. So keep up the good work.
1: Thank you very much, Randy.
0: Normally, uh, in past seasons, I would go right into question period. But because we are doing something a little different uh, with season three, we are now going to take uh, an opportunity to allow you to read one of your poems for us. Are you ready to do that?
1: Yesterday, yesterday, I've selected a few three poems, so I'm going to read the first one. All right, thank you. It's uh, from my um, my recently published book. It's called entitled "Tash Al Kumpia." That's the title of the book. "Tash a Kumpia," and the subtitle is um Aih Faz, Faz de mes Poème Poésie Exilée." That's the title of the poem. Subtitle. Okay. So the the poem which I chose for today. This occasion this event, sorry. It's um, entitled, it's a French poem, entitled La Profondeur de mon âme. So I'm going to read it right now. Mm-hmm. La Profondeur de mon âme. En allant à la haute vitesse et en escaladant mes tristes peines, en faisant sursaut et en pleurant des cordes sur les montagnes, en me disant, que mes peines sont si douloureuses et si vaines, en me rassurant que ma vie n'a aucun espoir puisqu'elle baille le bail, en me taisant à cause l'eau, en me rassurant que ma vie n'a aucun espoir puisqu'elle ba- baille le bail, en me taisant et en faisant allusion, allusion aux âges maudits, ainsi je ne me fais aucun souci au sujet des paysages inédits. En adoucissant mes pensées, je me rends sans rancune et je me remets en marche vers les milieux de ma lune. La profondeur de mon âme ne se laisse jamais envisager. J'ai des larmes qui déplaisent à mon cœur sans pitié. Ma voix et mes pensées s'inscrivent sur les roches sur les surfaces baines. Elles pleurent aussi longtemps que mon âme me soutienne. Mais sa charme contre les vitraux de mes modestes. Elle se concentre sur les idées des poètes d'un univers sans planète. La profondeur de mon âme portrait des, v- des vues venant des visages fautifs. Elle peint de beaux de tristesse qui font de moi un homme sain. Elle décrit ce qui doit être vécu en étant vif. Elle rédige des poèmes qui règnent sur les trônes divins. La profondeur de mon âme n'est pas aussi vive que ma lutte sûre. Je souris, je pleure, je m'inspire, je me maudis, je me bénis. Je dessine, j'imagine, je me renforce et je me rassure. La profondeur de mon âme c'est une vérité louable de ma vie. That's the first point. Really.
0: Wonderful, thank you. So I have a French heritage and so I'm familiar with a lot of what you put into that, uh but I would have to say that to me that did not sound like Canadian French, if you know what I mean, yeah it's not <laughs> it's not okay, good, Whew. um so if you were to have you ever decided to translate that into English, or
1: I could translate I could, like, yeah well, no, I'm uh,
0: not asking you to do it now, but I'm just for the sake of uh those listening, I mean. Uh, loosely translated, what would the title in English mean?
1: It would mean, uh, the depth of my soul. The depth of my soul, right? Yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah. So I, I understood a couple of words in there, like heart and, and yeah. So, okay. I, I was, I was following along with you and, and, um, that was, that was, I love your, your, your French. It's so un-Canadian. Uh, we're going to move right into question period then, uh, Vimal. And so question number one is, um, who introduced
1: you to poetry and with what? As far as I recall, the first poem which I wrote came from a thought, which came from myself. I had a cousin was the year 1987, which I recall. 1987, that's when I wrote my first first thought down. And um, were we're just playing around. In the living room, and my cousin just said, uh, oh, let's play a game. Let's just write our thoughts down. And I wrote my thoughts down, thoughts down, she wrote her thoughts down, and we, we're just playing around, right? We didn't take it seriously. But I tend to take things seriously at times. I, I usually, I still do. Uh, so, that's what I meant. There. I tended to take things seriously back then. I still do sometimes, depending on situations. So, I wrote a thought down for about four or five lines. And my cousin loved it so much. And that's what gave some good energies and good uh, insights to my mind and soul back then. And since then, that came, came part of me somehow.
0: And you've been going strong ever since?
1: I believe so, Randy, right? so. because the year after, I wrote a few more poems. And in, even in 88, that's 88, I wrote a few more poems, three more. In nine I wrote... A few more as well, again, just basic, not much. There were lots of grammar mistakes, but still, it was uh, it was not, uh not that clear. But uh, I do remember they were good poems. I didn't read them again, but I do recall they were quite good poems.
0: Do you still have them?
1: I don't have them, that's the thing. I don't have them. I wrote them in my diaries, my personal diaries, and now it's all gone.
0: Lost to
1: time. Uh, I I wish I would brought them from Mauritius to here, but never did.
0: Yeah, the things we lose that we look back and go, ah, I wish. Um, do you have a preferred style of poetry? For example, sonnet, uh, limerick, haiku, etc.?
1: Based on your question, I I did some searching. I didn't know myself what my style of poetry was is. So I did some searching on this. I uh while looking exactly what my poetry is about, I came up with the three, uh, distinction, three main, uh, like labels or categories, right? Okay. It's sonnet, I believe sonnet, acrostic and uh, freestyle. I okay. think those are more connected to my poetry. Sonnet, acrostic and freestyle. Do you lean on
0: any one of those three more than the other? Or do you say, or would you say that you spread what you write between the, the three different styles.
1: I would say it's, uh, spread out, spread out. Sometimes, sometimes it's, um, just freestyle, freestyle. Sometimes it's just sonnet, sometimes it's just acrostic, depending on the, um, that moment, right? The mm-hmm. time or writing. It's just about the timing it matters.
0: Which, which form or style do you find easiest to write
1: a very good question
0: (laughs) that's why i I
1: asked i'm not sure what to answer
0: there is no style per se it's just writing free but sonnet follows a pattern as does um the other so you know you you either have to set out with that thought in mind or it develops as you're writing or what happens
1: Okay, that's the more specific question. Now I can answer. Perfect. Thanks, Gandhi. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. So, you're right. When I start writing, uh, or when I used to start writing, or when I do, eventually, I I have something going on in my mind, which is um, subconscious. It's not something which I can anticipate, but it's just my emotional state, state, which just pours itself on paper. Or on, on my, uh, on my computer, right? I would type, right? Now it is, long time ago it was writing with pen. So I would say it's all my state of, uh, emotional, emotion that poses itself on, on paper that, uh, develops, um, once I stop typing, it just comes up. Then I can see what it is. Otherwise, it's subconscious. I cannot tell what I'm writing. There's no such plan. I look at all my poetry, my poems. Uh, there was no plan. There was no plan. I just start writing, and there is an emotional state which is there, and it just pours itself on paper. That's how it. Is.
0: So, have you ever tried to create your your own patterns? Like you know, like I said, sonnets have a a certain pattern that you follow, as do other styles of
1: poetry. Have you ever tried to create your own? I think I did. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, I did. I think I did. I think I did. Cause I had a, I may add, I had a colleague from my teaching in Toronto. He, he, he reviewed my poem before I published it. He said, Vimo, there's no rhyme. There's no, you know, A, B, A, B, right? A, A. There's no such thing. Where, where's the poem? I was about to tell him that it's my style. I wanted to drop something new. I couldn't say it. I just said, you know, uh, Alonco. I, I agree. I did not put, uh, those, uh, patterns. There was no pattern and I need to put that. And I tried to edit it. And I say that it's not my, my writing then. I left that as it is and it became, became as it is. Yeah, exactly.
0: I, I can't speak for every poet, but for myself, when I write, I do try to write outside of Those patterns, I try to come up with something that's different, uniquely mine, but still fits into the, the overall reaching, you know, arches of poetry itself. Because, I mean, there, there's many different styles, but I think to be unique, we have to come up with something or we, a lot of poets that I've talked to, um, feel that they need to diverse themselves from other styles. And I think that's, for me, that's my driving. That's what keeps me writing is trying to find that new style, that new look. Would you say that's the same for you?
1: Uh, yes, uh, yes, Randy, definitely. The reason being that, um, when I did my uh, studies in literature at uh, York University, in French, French literature, French studies as well, I did uh, observe that, um, in the history of Literature, like in, in each uh, period of time of human time, medieval, Renaissance, modern age, all these periods, right? There was always a unique style that was developed, and that uh, that was connected to what was happening back then, right? Medieval, it it, it reflected on the poems that were being uh, written, even Renaissance, mm-hmm. all these periods. It, each have their own pattern and that's why they are known as Renaissance and Medieval and there's a specific reason for those. And for me right now it's neither Renaissance or medieval or modern age, but it's um my my emotional state, my personal um, feel about poetry, my personal feel about expression, right? About expressing myself in writing. And um I would say that um there's no set uh, set pattern for me. I, I try, like you mentioned, creativity is the goal. Mm-hmm. Creativity and creating something new. Yeah. Exactly. Something new. Well, yeah,
0: probably like every time you set out to write, you just set out to write what comes to you, and how it ends up on the page is a different story. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Um, would you happen to have another poem that you can read for us?
1: Yes, Randy. Yes, I do have another one. There. The floor is
0: yours, or in this case, the microphone is yours, Ramal.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks, Randy. So This one is, um, this was in English. Uh, the title is Love and Trust. Love and Trust. My past scrolled by with disasters that were nailed. My past sins, my past thoughts were pouring in vain. The undecided moments of my pains derived from a, from a smoothed spill, came from instances that were unnoticed by all the radical sane. I applaud my sunrise. I implore my sunset. I applaud the breezes that capsize. I implore the miseries and sorrows that aren't met. My love came to me on an autumn day Unmatched. It arrived to seek out and to search for me. She came to make me feel the real me. My love came to me to address those doubts unhatched. Came to see that I was becoming the real tree. She arrived to make me feel that I was, uh, that I was once again free. Love arrived in my life to test my unmet tasks. It came to denote those pleasurable is Love reached my destination to suggest that I shouldn't ask. It came to me to state that I'm not full of treacheries. I smile, I laugh, I shed tears, and I make allusions to my past. I live, I shout, and I aim at those unmet goals. I know and I go. I show and I run to be the last. I dig in a plow and I survive those moments of goals. Love revisits me the unknown. It replenishes the true secrets of my life. Love has me seated at peace with its true realities dwelling in my wife. Love shows me how to relive those moments that are thus inside. It attests for the trust which I wanted to win. In my skies, so why? That's the simple. That's wonderful. Um, that actually leads
0: right into the next question I have for you. Uh, I, I, I sense a romantic theme in that. So, uh, the question is, is what is romantic poetry? Uh, why do you describe yourself as a contemporary romantic
1: poet? Good question. I would say, Did't have much uh, uh luck and much um much um, maybe much chances much opportunities in the in the field of love in the field of romance right romance love but um somehow when I grew older and um I connected to uh a few people but uh love itself came to be on paper for me when i uh started to feel true emotions, true uh passion for writing, and uh when my words started to express those um real meanings which I wanted to express on paper, I feel that as a romantic poet. First of all, you have to be a poet, right? Or writer. And this um, has to come from inside. And uh, a romantic poet cannot write romance unless he has gone through romance or heartbreak or something similar, right?
0: So write what Mm -hmm. you know. Pardon? Write what you know.
1: Write what you know, exactly. Write what you know. Otherwise, it has no meaning. It's not, it's just, um, how do I say, pretentious or uh, not real, right? But if the experience has been undergone, has been uh, lived, has been lived, and that passion, that uh, development of this experience has become intense enough to, to show its worth, then on paper it becomes just um, clear and uh, expressive and to its depth. I believe as romantic poet, uh, you need to have the passion for writing first of all, and know what's the meaning of love. Uh, know what's the meaning of, uh, hatred. Know what's betrayal. Know what's, uh, heartbreak. Know what's evil. Know what's good. How to dis- distinguish between them. And know where to cross, not cross the line, where to cross the line. Those things matter. That's when, uh, that's when it comes to be on paper, I think.
0: But all those qualities that you've just listed about love, whether they're positive or negative,
1: also exist in just about everything else in life too, though. So they're not exclusive to love. Perfect. Or romance. Agree. Agree to that. I'm smarter agree. than I look. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Absolutely correct. No, no, correct. Agree. Agree. Definitely agree.
0: Do you think that? Okay, so when I write a poem. And say, for example, I post it up in in my group, I have a writing group on Facebook. And when I post it, and I get comments, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. A lot of the stuff that I write comes from my imagination. There's a little bit of me in there. But the whole poem is not about anything I've particularly experienced or gone through. It's I try to imagine it. And I'm either a really good faker, or people aren't that insightful. Do you think that's a possibility?
1: Yes, of course. Sorry, can I yeah. yes, Yes, uh, and we already think it's a possibility. But you mentioned something in, in, in what you just said, right? There is part of you in form well, that's real, right? And then the rest is just some, a development from that idea, correct? Therefore, that small chunk is still there. The reality is still there.
0: The reality yeah. is still there in a small part, but... It may not be true for the rest of what's being written. It's, uh, presumption on the reader's part to think that I've actually experienced or gone through all of that. But that's the beautiful thing about being a writer is allowing your reader to have the liberty to, um, interpret it for themselves in their own feelings. Cause really, you know, people who read, they read it and they try to uh, relate or relate it to themselves to some degree.
1: Oh, you're right, you're right. There's a good part to what you just said. Uh, and um, I believe if I would be accurate, some of my poems, I would say they do have, uh, I would say maybe, uh, sorry, my poems are not, it's entirely true. I would, I would say my my man is a good example. You're right. When writing, you have that freedom to express, develop that idea, create it, blossom, and make it flourish, make it rooted out with something else, right? Mm-hmm. As long as the idea is still uh, not in the emptiness, it's, it's doubt with something, significant and meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. Then the acceptance of the form becomes rich and flourishing. I believe that the idea there, you mentioned something that's significant to readers, because um reading something is not about not always about depth or profoundness. It's some always sometimes about lightening the mind, freeing that's like that mind. Depth, profoundness sometimes create more depth in the mind. To <laughs> think more. If you're free, that's a lesson, the thing that's also important in life, right? It cannot always be deep, profound. You need to have this um freedom of uh lightening things, making things uh pleasurable in the good tone. I would, I would say good tone. I would say in the uh, lightening, lightning, therefore making feel less, not deep sometimes, right?
0: You just brought to mind something. So, uh, would you say that writers, and, and in this case, I'm going to go with poets specifically. Uh, would you say that there is a great deal of similarity between a poet and somebody who is an artist like paint paintings and stuff like that because it's about um interpretation of the the medium right so you you can look at a painting and get this, and somebody else will look at the same painting and get something totally different, just like words.
1: yes Randy. yes Randy, definitely uh, painting uh or piece of art sculpture or um... Even pottery, just, uh, painting, acrylic, oil, watercolor, even woodwork—all these have their own connection to the expression of emotions, right? They display something that comes from inside sometimes, and sometimes they might not, right? Mm-hmm. They can just, be, in terms of, uh in terms of the display itself, it might always symbolize something else, right? You you may have no idea what comes from, right? You have no idea sometimes what the artist is doing, just like you don't have no idea what uh, the writer is doing, right? <laughs> Unless you have the writer, right? The, For instance, example, I once, uh, I was in my French class and my teacher was teaching a, a poem by Victor Hugo, Victor Hugo, maybe you heard of this poem, Demain des lobes? Demain des lobes And, he read the poem, and all my thoughts were: Victor Hugo was putting a flower on the tomb of his uh, of his um, of his lover, or something maybe. Mm-hmm. But he just said, "No, it's not his lover. It's not his uh, wife. It's not his what he what he loved. It was his daughter, <laughs> right?" So my teacher, do you know the history of Victor Hugo? What he went through? What he uh, went through? And I said, "Okay." then you cannot assume things sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. The background or the true meaning, true um, story behind it, right? That's it, yeah, true. I woke up this
0: morning and I had two words on my brain and I went and got my coffee to try and work those two words. And, And then the thought that followed those words were, pretty much everybody who writes, whether it be fiction or poetry or whatever, um we
1: all commit emotional treason. What do you think about that? We all commit emotional treason. Um, do you mean in terms of uh phrasing the words, changing them? the sentence and just playing with it and make it turn into something
0: yeah and, and but our emotions because we're pretty much dominated by our, by our emotions we are controlled by our emotions which um, are treasonous to us they lead us one way when we should be going another way so there's a there's a, a, a form of treason going on and then when we transfer that to paper you know I again, because we have what we have in mind when we write it and other people are reading and getting something different. There's a treason going on there, of sorts.
1: A treason, do you mean treachery or faking or uh, yeah. turning into something different? Like uh, yeah. something that's not you or that's not the writer. You mean that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I would say it, it may be true. It may be not because, uh, To conclude, or to confirm my own writing, right? I I need to look at it well, because I I do believe that whatever I wrote was—I won't say—I would say some of them a hundred percent, some of them maybe ninety-nine or ninety-eight percent myself. But maybe what you just, the question you asked, won't apply to my situation. But I need to confirm this because I need to read the whole thing again. But I do remember, I recall, right, whatever I wrote came from deep inside and it was much reflected my own profoundness, profound, uh, sorry, not profoundness, my own profound thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. Because if, you, if you, uh, each of my poems have the date written on it, right? Look at this one has the date here. The okay. bottom. So each of the poem I wrote had, had I have the date at the bottom, Randy.
0: I typically date
1: mine as well. Exactly. So these, uh, when I look back on those dates, right, they do sim- symbolically signify something at that time, right? If I cannot conclude that either they were partially not me or partially myself, but I would say differently, they, they were partially, they were totally what I felt and being written and, and it's fullest, I would say. Fullest, right? Therefore, the question you asked, I think doesn't apply to me, frankly. Okay. Thanks, Chris.
0: It's, you know, like I said, it was just a thought that came to my mind and I, I wanted to develop it and see what other people thought. You were the first one that I had a chance to share that thought
1: with. So, um, what is involved with your writing process? So I, um, uh, first started Writing poems uh, as as a solid pieces, like solid poem, right? good poems. Not all good poems, I was just uh, uh, poems in the entirety uh, from my own insights and experience in 2014. About about eight years from now, eight years ago. So I would say these poems I wrote, they express my feelings and emotions about what I wasn't undergoing. And um, sorry Randy, can I can you ask the question again? Sure.
0: What is involved with your writing process? So when you sit down to write or like do you do you consciously make an effort to sit down and write or do you write when something comes to you or and how do you do that? Or like What's involved in your whole writing process?
1: Good. Now I'm good. Thanks, Randy, for this. <laughs> I'm glad you again. Um so in the, my writing process, when I started writing in 2014, I wasn't writing every day. I was writing every single day. Um but I was writing every time something came up to my mind and I felt it should be expressed on paper and I couldn't express it verbally orally right so I put it down on paper and uh, there was no set pattern for poetry Mm -hmm. poetry didn't set pattern set days I don't have set days maybe one day at one go I would write one poem that's what I know there's no such thing as two days three days to write a poem one day I would write one one full poem and um, I would edit it later if, if needed but One day is one poem. In my writing process, I do I do do other kinds of writing besides poetry. I do fiction as well, fiction and historical fiction. For those, it's different from poetry, but I believe that this interview is about uh, poetry, right? Therefore, I wouldn't say my novel writing. I would say my poetry don't have a set uh, process. It would be definite on the same day finish same day and uh, or two days later three days later even a week later or a month later if I come up with new emotional uh, something emotional depth I would say emotional emotional experience Sorry, then I would pour it on paper again mm-hmm. I think that's how it is about for poetry that's how it is uh,
0: did you have any further comments you wanted to make with regards to your writing process so when you're out and about away from your home or your computer, unless you carry a computer with you, but do you, uh, carry a notebook? A physical no. notebook?
1: No, I don't. No? I don't. I don't. Have I don't. you ever? Don't think I did. Oh, did. I really not Interesting. No, That's... I never did. No, no, never did.
0: Cool. You're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I've lost books and books and books of
1: stuff. No, but I, the reason being that I, uh, I tend to when I'm in my office room. That's when I feel I can write. When I'm in the openness, it's like it's open to me. I cannot put it on. You know, it's I feel that this openness just uh, distracts me so much. I need that quietness in this uh, thing. That's why for me, it's um, that place.
0: That's the beautiful thing about writers: various ways,
1: various inspirations, right? Definitely, each one their own style, their own way of uh, doing the work. I mean, right? Absolutely.
0: Um, for the most part, you know, poetry has a small market of readers. Um, does social media benefit poets as a reaching a larger audience or market? And what are the pros and cons? What are the pros and cons of poetry being
1: published on social media? In your opinion, this question doesn't uh, really appeal to me because um, <laughs> uh, I didn't want to select that one for for this interview. But I said, let me just select something which maybe pushes me to answer something, right? Right. And I I selected it either way I said. If all are just about me, 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 then just me, right? Let me select something out of the out of the norm. Maybe something about you just mentioned the social media a different topic right because the rest mostly about me the writing process is just not, it's not a bit different right mm-hmm. so social media has this impact on writers and poets in different ways Facebook Twitter I think those are the main platforms there's Instagram as well Instagram
0: mm-hmm.
1: those are the three ones I, I have uh, they they do convey some advantages. That is prose, right? Right. And the advantages being that writers or poets and poets, right? Likewise, can publish the poem anytime at their own will, as long as they have internet Connect connection, right? And put it best there. And readers can be exposed to this, these writings. Instant access. Uh, instant. Exactly. Instant. instant. Perfect. Good answer. That's the answer. Instant access. And spontaneously they can give the feedback, uh the review, right right away, right? Give the opinion. Suggestion sometimes. If the writer can improve or maybe know what, what they did do right. The next step, next form can be um, uh just improvement, right? Always mm-hmm. room for always room for improvement, right? Yeah. Or what could be uh not healthy or healthy to the readers and something like this, right? And, uh, so the good part is that feedback review can be done spontaneously rather than a small thing, right? Correct? The, mm-hmm. uh, quickly. The thing that the readers can access those in different ways. Let's say they go on a, on a, on a page for, um, One of poetry societies, poetry clubs, poetry institutions that are on Facebook or or Twitter or even... Instagram doesn't have those things. Instagram only has photographs. But um, Twitter and Facebook, they can always um, select which ones uh, they want to read, depending on the type of clubs or institutions they're connected to or following, right? Mm -hmm. Facebook. They can access specific type of form. Depending on the needs or the quality. And we all, with time, again, connect with the type of poem, poet, poet who is writing those poems on Facebook or posting those things. Let me just be clearer. Let's say a poet posts something today on Facebook or Twitter. Okay. With time, let's say that the reader feels connected that, that kind of poem. So he looks forward to another post, post, posting next time, maybe, possibly. Right, which the poet might always post again in a few days or three days, and since the poem come, comes up again, that reader might feel eager to look for more. And depending on his or her feedback to that poem, it can uh, create more nourishing thoughts to the poet to mm-hmm. give more. And uh, I think that's a good platform to to. Explain. Suppose right to expose that yourself as a report and a good platform for readers now the to sorry to show their uh their appreciation of, of, of on the on these type of uh, social media platforms there so is that,
0: there is it, one drawback to that though. Uh, and that all depends on whether you self-publish or traditional publish because traditional publishers, if you've already published something on a social media platform, that's already considered published and they will not accept that.
1: Can you repeat that, please, uh, Brandy?
0: So it would depend on how you go about publishing. If you If you self-publish, it doesn't matter if it's been on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Whereas if you if you assemble a collection of your works and one of those works happens to have appeared on Facebook or Twitter, then the publishing companies will not accept that because it's already been published.
1: Okay. I know what you're saying. So that's a
0: drawback to uh, putting it out there on social media.
1: You're right. But the rules of uh, the the rules, right, right. Yeah. You're right. Right. Those things matter. And, uh, yeah, so writers need to be cautious about these. You're right. I
0: guess the that's takeaway it. is to be careful what you put out there because you might not be able to use it traditionally.
1: Again, right? Again, under under the circumstances. So
0: yeah,
1: that's a disadvantage. Yeah, good, good. That's a very good point. Yeah.
0: Is poetry dying, or do you think, or do you think there's still enough interest in it
1: to keep writing? I would say yes and no. Yes and no, yes and no, no and yes. But still, it is um is the fact that writing is still ongoing, right? Writing, poetry or non poetry, writing is still ongoing. So what is poetry or uh, fiction or non fiction or historical? It's still writing, right? Mm-hmm. It's writing. And poetry is just a way of expressing oneself, right? You know in a I would say in a short form. In a short specific form, right? It's unless not you're like writing no, an epic. Unless. <laughs> Good point. I would say poetry is, uh, I would say it's not dying. Not dying because writing is dying.
0: Well, no, you're right, but I mean, I don't know how many people I've encountered and they oh you're a writer, what do you write? Well, I write poetry. Well, I don't read poetry. I, it seems that if you go back through history, there were points in time where poetry was all the rage and then that died out and something else became popular or the short story or the you know horror novel or whatever and it seems like they it cycles through and every once in a while there's a resurgence in the popularity of this genre or that genre and i think poetry right now is in that stage where it's coming back into resurgence but for the most part, most of the people that I've encountered, I don't really read poetry. But I think that it's starting to come back where people are getting excited about it again because of what we've gone through in the last few years around the world has really touched on our emotions and poetry um, really plays on those emotions more than any other form of writing, I think.
1: You're right. right. I think... I think poetry isn't dying, I think, because um uh, as a teacher I, I feel that uh poetry is something that gets um uh kids uh, involved, and that's something which is important for them to grow have you uh Have you introduced poetry to your students? Yes, I have and uh, what was their response uh response was good, depending on the class, but I would say overall it was very good, very good. And I feel that um, they tend to describe themselves well, right? I wouldn't try to, I wouldn't want to be too personal on this, uh, new, too personal because <laughs> I feel that children, they like to express in various ways, depending on the age, right? Various Who ways. What do you write for? Writing for... At first I was writing just for my emotions, for myself. And uh, but when I look at the poems themselves, they don't just relay my emotions, they relay the uh what's going on, what has been going on. I and mean, when look what has been written, has been written. It's always towards a specific experience being lived, some kind of uh specific disturbance or specific glow, specific inspiration, specific uh come out coming out of the shell, those things, the emotions mm-hmm. there's... um Sorry, let me just be clearer. Uh, Coming out, feeling revived, feeling uh, inspired, feeling motivated, feeling uh, looking forward to more, looking forward to more glows, more uh, lights in life, right? Mm -hmm. Finding meanings in life, finding uh, what can make a difference, what can uh, deny those uh, unwanted moments, right? And, uh, but my poems do do convey something towards an episode or person or uh, myself or uh, something who made me feel good or made me feel bad or made me feel, oh, sorry, bad is the wrong word, I don't like to use the word bad, made me feel not well, not good, not good is a better word, feel not good and uh, Maybe feel unconnected or connected. But usually my poems are about uh, conveying a certain message that can display what I was living through or going through. It's a good way to say it. Yeah, I think that's the better answer.
0: Have you ever had somebody read one of your poems and then... Somehow contact you and say, I know exactly what you're feeling or cause I went through that. And if so, how did that make you feel to know that somebody could connect
1: with what you've written? It felt really good. That's the answer. If I was, if I were to say otherwise, I felt uh, that the poems had meaning now, have meanings now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd just be in my computer and just no, no messages going through, going out. Just there, just nowhere. But once it's on paper and it's it's uh, symbolizes something to someone, it means something to someone, then it has a meaning, right? Otherwise I mean but um yeah, it made me feel really really happy that it it impacts on others.
0: I asked you to select a bunch of questions uh for this interview, but well, what you weren't aware of is there's a mysterious eighth question that I get to ask you that you have no idea was coming so here's the question yes. as a contemporary romantic poet is there anything you will not write about in your
1: poetry and why not as a contemporary romantic poet is there anything you will not write in poem and why correct correct so
0: is there a taboo subject within romantic poetry that you will not touch?
1: Like when I write, right? It's not just about romance, romance. There's other themes as well, right? Right. But as a, as a romantic poet, I would say the main thing I would not touch, well, I touch particularly everything, is what I feel, But I would not touch. I can think what I would not touch, it huh? Good 20. I think, because I would ever feel I write.
0: The answer could be as simple as no.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe that, uh, that personal touch, right? Very personal, very uh, sensitive part, right? Sensitive Mm. part, the connection. I like that, uh, I would say if the word is uh, right, that sexual part, sexual part, I wouldn't touch that part. I think that's...
0: That's, that's too intimate for other eyes.
1: I wouldn't touch that part, which I think I don't touch, but I, yeah, I wouldn't touch that. True reality, but sexual, maybe, I don't like that word, but still is sexual. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I understand it fully, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, listeners will too. Um, Any advice for up-and-coming poets?
1: I would say, as a teacher, I feel that motivating students to write and, uh, not just poetry, maybe writing a brawl. That's something I, I would convey the same to, uh, other writers, other comports. Just express, um, the fullest and uh, try to be creative, creative, make, uh, experience being reflected on paper. Try to go off the norms, not the same trend of um, your own, be your own, right? Mm, very much so, yeah. Make uh, your way through uh, a different path that would um, be striking, exceptional, and it would mark a, a different uh, period to a different uh, generation, to a different uh, audience. I would say those are the things. Maybe, uh, do not target one specific audience, targets a general one hmm Try to write more general things, not just one. Maybe a few you can write about one specific thing. But don't always target one audience. Target specific audience. Talk to target different audience. Then can more acceptance of the poem becomes witnessed. More acceptance, right? All good things, sir. All good things. Um we're gonna switch
0: gears here a little bit and uh what books do you currently have? Available on the market, and where can people find them?
1: Thanks for this, Randy. I only have one book uh, so far. I've been, I, it's the one I published under uh, me, the publisher published. Sorry, it's uh, this one. Cash um, accomplia. That's the title. It's my first published work. It was published last year in uh, end of December. Okay. In fact, exactly thirty first of December, twenty twenty one was published right at the dusk of 2021. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bilingual book of, book, bilingual book of poems with uh, paintings, illustrations written by my, by my wife. Okay. And, uh, the, the content is bilingual. There's English, French forms. and, but it was officially, uh, French. It's officially considered French because most of it are French and the title is French. So they they put it as a French book, but it is uh, bilingual definitely. And where is it available? It's available on Amazon, amazon.com.ca and UK. Uh, there will Words. be a
0: link to your um, Amazon place for people
1: to to click on in the transcript. So thank you, Andy. Really. So Smashwords, Barnes and Noble. Noble, Noble, What else? Indigo, chapters. Book depository. And what else? Uh, there's, uh, so Amazon, Indigo, chapters, Indigo. Most Quantum. major bookstores? Bookstores, um, I would say it's not much, but there's been a few in the beginning when it was just released, was there. But then it just stopped, it became more online. Main ones. Main ones are Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes and Noble, Indigo chapters. And there are a few others. I cannot think of those. Book depository.
0: Now are there any uh local bookstores in the Ottawa Ottawa Hall, uh Orleans area that carry it or?
1: Uh they used in the beginning. It was released in uh, December twenty twenty one. But now it's a bit less. Okay. I would say there is, but maybe you can check might always be. Maybe I should look into that. So somebody. was
0: it traditionally published or self-published?
1: It was uh, published by a publisher. Okay. A, a you want to plug their name? Tell Well. Tell Well.
0: Tell Well. Okay. okay. And we'll provide a link for that as well. And we're, I'm not getting any money for any of this. So just let everybody who's listening know I do not do this for money. Just like my hey. writing. <laughs> Are you currently working on anything... And if so uh how close are you to completing it uh,
1: right now, I'm not working on anything, but I started working on something uh quite a while ago. It's a little processed it's a novel, but um about two third way completed half completed half completed okay off to go and uh Science
0: fiction or romance or?
1: It's historical fiction. Historical fiction.
0: Oh, okay. uh, I uh, interviewed uh, another historical fiction author uh, in season
1: two. Yes. No, it's nice to write about this uh, story sometimes. I feel that it's half completed and still has half to go and I just need to keep on working on it. I haven't started yet again. But I'm uh, hopeful it should be ready by next year and then submit it to the publisher and get going. But still not cannot conclude about that one. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I need to work, work on that one. Please. Yeah. need to work on that one now. Yeah. yeah. I think we all have
0: projects like that on the go. <laughs> I'm going to switch up. I had, uh, two more questions for you, but I'm going to switch the order of them. So, uh, where can people connect with you? Uh Facebook, um uh email, snail mail, TikTok, Instagram. The list can go on and on, but where can people connect with you, Vimal?
1: Um I uh have a Facebook account for, for uh for uh an author page? Author page, yeah. Okay. And uh, I have a Twitter as well, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. What's your Twitter my, handle um Twitter, it's so. Ziml-Kadai. Ziml-Kadai.
0: okay, and we will, will also list these as well in the transcripts
1: Thank you Randy and for, thank you Randy thank you much and for the Facebook it's uh Verma my wife's name so it's, okay that's um maybe I can write it down well, you can just okay. let me know. I'll just put it into the transcripts.
0: E- email me that information yeah. um, right. and know uh, TikTok?
1: Like TikTok I don't have. Yeah. No. <laughs> I need to find out but I'll need to find out. Okay. And then Instagram on Instagram. Excellent. And again, like I said, we will
0: post all these in the transcripts for everybody to be able to find you and get in touch with you. Um, so The last question, if you had to choose one of your, well, you don't have many books. You only have the one. So if you were to choose one of your poems as a favorite, which one would it be? And
1: then to follow that up with, would you read it for us? Or just read another poem to close out? Good one. I think good one. I think I'm just going to read it one. I don't have any favorite, but um I do have one which I plan for today, and that's the... So this one is a French poem, uh, this one is a French title, and French poem as well. Uh, set N. Set N, it means hatred. Set N, this hatred in English. So, I'm gonna start. Set N. Cette haine, quand le vent souffle avec stupeur et que le soleil brille sous ses feux, quand les moqueries du temps passé lancent le défi et que la tempête fracasse contre mes émotions, vague pleine de larmes, quand les bêtises humaines me châtient et que le pleur rayonne, je me retire de ces ennuyeuses demeures emplies d'ignorance et de bruit. Quand la turbulence s'accroît et que la violence se montre efficace, quand les doutes se prolongent sans cesse et que la peur s'intensifie, quand les soulagements s'enfoncent et éliminent mes douleurs et que les ouragans se retirent de mes milieux indignes, je vois une lueur de de lumière qui chagrine sous mes sourires lointains. Lorsque la haine me châtie et que la rancune creuse en permanence, Lorsque la vilaine explore mon entourage, qu'elle efface ma sincérité, je cite quelques quelques intentions affectueuses en implorant mes faiblesses. Lorsque la noirceur existe sous mes pas incertains et que je tombe, je cible une certaine trajectoire qui fera de moi personne joyeux. Avec cette douleur qui m'entoure et qui me guide toujours, je voyage à travers un chemin cheminant vers la certitude. Le succès s'exclamant avec de fierté et le à avec de honte, de la honte, je visite plusieurs endroits pittoresques, endroits flambants de gaieté. Ainsi, péniblement, je pénètre l'ampleur de ma vie. Lorsque la haine persiste sans pitié, lorsque cette haine qui en croissance dépasse la bonté, que la equis mo- la modestie et l'honnêteté Je suivi mes histoires en me en be de mes sottises. cette haine qui existe en permanence n'a besoin d'aucune nuance ah,
0: the french language let me tell you <laughs> even i like the french language thank you for reading that thank you for sharing um you know your poetry with us uh, but in closing, what would you tell anyone who might be too afraid to take the chance on being published as a poet?
1: I think that a person goes through something in his or her life that creates that, that doubt, that, that, scary, that scary emotion, right? And uh, to be afraid, to be doubtful, it has to have a reason, right? To be being afraid and doubtful, this is clear. You have to clear the doubt and, and scariness, afraid, that afraid, the fright. It'll be cleared away from. Limit that part for first. Know the reason why you'd be afraid. Know the reason why you're being doubtful. And then follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Know where, why you write for. To convey a message. As you mentioned, profit, no, that's something. But know why you're right. To deliver a message, to convey message, to be meaningful, impactful on others, and just make something um, uh, exceptional happen, right? And just demonstrate a uh, true worth out there, right? That's the goal. Therefore, first of all, to be able to convey a message, just focus on conveying message. Put the scaredness away, the doubt away. The goal is start with something good, focus on the good, eliminate the bad. Oh, sorry, eliminate the not good. And make it happen. Make it happen through by using creativity, or originality. I always believe in exceptions. Exceptions, always exceptions. They always happen. Believe in that element of exception. Uh, Trigger something in the mind of readers. Know how to create that trigger. Good triggers, huh? no bad triggers. Good triggers. Just convey something meaningful out there that just um, marks an and, and, and uh, a big journey for others, right? Mm-hmm. And it uh, creates balance to their lives, right? Creates uh, equilibrium in their lives and just inspires, motivates, positively uh boost someone uh, it guides guides it uh, deviates from all the bad not not good right It creates something just truly remarkable that's it
0: in my first book and several of my other books um i've always or i've included the following uh statements. I do not necessarily write because I have something to say, but rather because there may be something you need to hear.
1: Definitely. Agree. And That's I believe
0: that with all of my heart. I may not have a message, but in what I write, there may be something you need to hear. Vimal, thank you so much for doing this. Um I've, I've really enjoyed the time that we've been able to talk about writing the the poetry the the processes the the thoughts um i think I think well, I don't think poetry is dying, but I think it needs to be uh reintroduced in today's world. It's there, but it needs to be on a a larger forefront, and that is the purpose for this podcast and uh thank you for agreeing to do this.
1: Yes, Randy, thanks, 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 thanks to you. Thank you to you. Thank you to you. Thanks to you. Appreciative of your uh, questions. Appreciative of your, how you made me feel comfortable to reply. Uh, I would like to say that, um, I had uh, planned to, uh, say things otherwise, but the way you made me feel comfortable had just created something different and just, uh, uh truly exceptional. Which uh, is appreciate your way, but feel comfortable, and just uh, ease the flow at the beginning of the. Remember at the beginning, you said want to drink something, have something. What do you want to do before I start? Those things are important, and I salute that, salute that in you. And I appreciate your uh, kindness and just uh, ongoing uh, willingness to communicate in the past. And thank you, thanks to you, Andy.
0: Pleasure is all mine.
1: Thanks for tuning in to
0: this week's episode of Between the Lines. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and were inspired to either start writing or to keep on writing. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes or guests, you can reach out to us by sending an email to randy.btlpodcast at gmail.com use comment or suggestion in the subject line. For a copy of the transcript of this or any other episode, just send us an email using transcript as the subject line and indicate which season and episode you would like a transcript for. Visit my website, therandylacey.ca, where you can purchase one of my books, read my blog, and yes even hear every episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed what you've heard and would like to hear more, click the Buy Me a Coffee button at the top right corner of the page to help cover the costs associated with keeping this show available to you. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed by the many lines in your life, take a deep breath and remember the wise words of Winnie the Pooh. Sometimes the smallest things take up the most room in your heart. Until next time,
1: keep on keeping Between the Lines.